Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the wildland fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, so the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me it's like, you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. And when I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I, I cry. Like it, it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. 
It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there. If it looks like something you want, let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am so excited to be here today with Thomas and it'll just be us two. And we're going to start talking about his experience um, in a HUNA. And I'll let him kind of explain what that is and how it works. And I'm sure you guys will all be super interested because we've got some great lessons to be learned and some great stories to kind of glean off of. And Thomas, thank you for showing up with me today here. And uh, would you please explain HUNA for people that haven't done it, don't know what it is and should be interested in it? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, so it's hard to explain, but really if, if we take a overview of it, it's Hawaiian shamanism, Hawaiian energy healing, kind of like Reiki. And so with the Huna, we're also bringing in the entire ancient Hawaiian culture. So there's hula dancing, there's drum making, there's, um, skirt painting with like the traditional paintbrushes made from fruit like everything is as traditional as possible and of course there's things like air conditioning and a conference room right but there's the key concepts are brought from ancient Hawaiian culture and so one of the things that I think one of my favorite pieces about Huna is that there's it's one of the shortest break in lineage. In other words, there's not really a break in our lineage, but Hawaii was one of the last places on the planet to be conquered. And of course there's, or colonized, right? But there's, of course, there's other places still that haven't been colonized, but Hawaii has this intact culture. And actually, so our teacher, Dr. Matt, his teacher was taught from somebody in the ancient times. And I know that sounds crazy. That's only three generations, right? Three generations away from ancient times. And that it's because Hawaii wasn't really colonized. The white settlers didn't really come in with the Christianity and everything until like the mid 1800s. And so the, the lineage is intact. The teachings are from the ancient times and there's 29 generations of of information passed down verbally until um, one of the kings actually wrote down all of the teachings and that book was passed down to the James's family, which is so amazing that we have, there's only symbols and energy. We're going to get into all of what it is, but I think that's the first context is that it's one of the most intact cultures, um, practices, energy work, shamanism in the world, really. That is so incredible. This, this is just news for me too, because I've been interested in Huna for a long time as well, but I've never actually studied or practiced it. Um, so tell me a little bit more on like how Huna works. What exactly is it and what do you do with it? So, so basically it's, 
there's four levels. Level one is really just the foundations of getting to know the elements and bringing the elemental energy into your body. So we can bring in fire, we can bring in earth element, um, air or water. So we're really learning to work with the elements and we can apply this to um, either our own work or working with others. And one of the first things you get, the foundation in level one is really higher self therapy. So we're, we're connecting with the highest self, like our source, whatever you wanna call that. And we're allowing this divine light from highest self to come into the body and to dissolve the baggage, dissolve our limiting beliefs or emotions that don't serve us. And with that release comes, the energy comes back to fill in the gaps with new ways of being. And so that's kind of the foundations of working with the elements. You're learning how to chant. You're learning hula for the first time. It's really an introduction. And so each level just builds. Uh, you know, they said basically level one is kind of like kindergarten and level two is like university. And so I'm in, I just finished level two. And so we'll talk about that more. Level three is really like advanced exorcism. So that gets like, we're talking about witch doctor stuff at this point, right? Level four, I don't even know, like controlling the weather and all sorts of just Hogwarts stuff, like straight up. I wish I could do some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when I say that I control the weather, I'm not joking because there is, I remember this year in Huna was so incredible. Like there's, um, one of the days we were painting our Huna skirts, our, our hula skirts. And the forecast was rain like all day. And uh, so I know the higher levels asked Dr. Matt, like, Matt, can you please do something about the weather? Like we were painting skirts, like we need the sun. And he said, okay, like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do the prayer. And the, the weather was so pristine and sunny, not an ounce of wind, not even a cloud in the sky until the exact time when the prayer ended. And then the weather came in and it was just like, I was a little skeptical about that. But then when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is nuts. Like it's straight up Hogwarts. This How do weather. people get that in tune with energy? That's not even just theirs, but like nature's energy. Right. And because the foundation is the elements, like we're bringing the elements and the more you advance in Huna, the more you connect with the elements, like the more you expand your consciousness into the elements and become a master of the elements. This is, you know, I think that's what's so different with the Reiki and Huna is like Reiki is like we're bringing this divine light and it's like white light, golden light. And I'm sure, you know, Reiki masters work with different colors, but what we're doing with this divine light is we're actually, we're shading it with an element of fire or, um, you know, earth or water and Kiave. We'll talk about Kiave or spirit element, but so it's more refined. And the more you grow, the more you expand your consciousness with each element, you begin to, to really be able to harness the power of those elements. And it's, it's really astonishing. I mean, that's like, it's like straight off the bat. We're going to like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's really incredible. So I want to get your perspective too on why did you sign up for level one, Huna? Like what really got you interested in it and what you 
like the real reason that you wanted to keep going. So you got interested in it at first and said, okay, I want to do this Hawaiian energy shamanism. And what keeps you motivated into just keep learning and keep doing. And besides the apparent amazing power to control the weather. <laughs> right, right. There's so much more than that. That's like the easy stuff. Um, I think level one, I remember when I signed up, I was so, um, for me, when I had my big Kundalini experience that just like destroyed my life because it just, it, it, it broke me down so much. Like I was in such a dark place when the Kundalini happened that my body, my neurology just didn't really handle that, that much light very well. And so it just, my health crashed. Like I was going crazy. Like it was just six months of hell really to recover from that. And there was always a part of me that was kind of like scared or there was a little bit of fear from that of going through such a forceful awakening experience. And so I knew that Huna would help me become more grounded. It would help me uh, get in touch with my gifts because in my sessions, I'm already, I'm connecting with the client on a quantum level. I'm seeing their energy. Uh, guides are showing up. All this like weird shit is happening with just mental, emotional release work. It's like, no, there's so much more happening. And the Huna gives you context and teaches you how to go beyond. And if the client's not really open to energy, it doesn't matter because all that stuff is probably happening in the background anyway, unless they're really like, I don't want it. Right. So it really helps with the context of all the weird paranormal shit that's happened in my entire life. It helped me have context. And, and here's, here's like, I want to tell you a story of, of Huna level one is, is um, we did this meditation of, and, and basically day two of Huna level one, is eight hours of guided meditation. Like it is literally eight hours of meditation. You take breaks, you come back, meditate, take breaks, come back. And it's all guided journeys. And one of the journeys was going back to the first time you worked with the elements, the first time you worked with shamanism, the first time you were guiding people and healing. And what happened was I, I went to this space of, and I'm still processing this guy. It's been over a year uh, of, I found myself being one of the elements and helping create the earth and like building the building blocks of the earth. And this was just like this extreme psychedelic experience in this meditation trance work. But, and then we were guided to like, okay, let's go into the future just a little, or not the future, but a little bit more present. Like we, so we went through the timeline into like, when was the next time you're a healer? When was the next time that you were this and I saw I was a shaman for uh, the, like in the Teton area in Wyoming, actually, like I was a shaman all over the world in different contexts, different cultures and past lives. Like I have done this before. I saw that. And also what I saw during this lifetime was that in that meditation, I was watching my life unfold, like in the past, and I've had all these crazy accidents, snowboarding, skateboarding, fire, all these things that I should have been dead like thousands of times. And in that meditation, I went through all the vents and watched, this is so hard to explain, like myself in that meditation was adjusting how the accidents were happening and I saved my own life from the future. Like what? I'm still like, I don't even know if that makes sense. 
like verbally <laughs> right and so it's like what that was level one and like there's a lot more to level one but that was the one experience that just like i'm still wrapping my mind around that because that gets into quantum physics really weird yeah and i want to come to this concept too with that story of how powerful the mind is and i think this is kind of skimmed over in a lot of the things either we talk about or things that people pick up off of social media or wherever they're getting that is you didn't take any medicinal kind of compounds you didn't entice this in any other way other than through the guided meditations this is all the power of your mind that you are able to see all of these things and then go forward and incorporate them and integrate them into something that makes sense because your unconscious mind speaks in metaphors and it does that while you dream it does that during the day it does that when you're kind of in an alpha brainwave state you're not really paying attention and to then have your mind be able to see these things and comprehend these things and then come back into the future into this conscious waking mind and try to understand them and then incorporate them in your life. Tell me a little bit on how that works one and two, maybe like how difficult it's been or how rewarding as well. Yeah. And and I think uh, rewarding is the right side of that equation and that the, the difficulty's really been taken out because now there's like, I have a manual, I have a book on how to do all these things that I've been doing on my own already. And like, maybe not the best like not the smoothest, cleanest way because I didn't have three to 4,000 years of training, right? Of the lineage knowledge. And so so it's been so rewarding to see how the techniques are done. It's like, oh, that's a different, it's just a different access point. And I think I'm gonna go back to, there's, uh, I can't, I don't have the exact number, so don't quote me, but there's like 30, 30 laws or something like that in Huna. And these are universal laws. And I'm going to just go one back, one step back and say that the creation story in Hawaiian shamanism, the way they viewed the universe is exactly to the point, the way quantum physics and general relativity works right now. Like it is uncanny how much the Hawaiians knew about creation, about the universe, about different realities, about everything. The science is all showing us exactly right. And so one of the first laws that Huna talks about is that the universe is based on mentalism. In other words, the foundation of the entire universe is mental. And that means that everything is in your mind. Everything. Everything is in your mind. And when we hear that, you know, it kind of triggers people like, oh, this ailment or this thing's not in my mind. It's in my body. Like, well, yeah, of course it is. It's, it's real. It's in your body but the root cause is psychological. And so we're already seeing the overlap between NLP and HUNA is that literally the most important thing is your mind. Once we get the mind on board and we're talking about the conscious, unconscious and the highest self, because really in HUNA, the highest self is like this. It's, I guess I'm gonna go, go a little, explain a little bit differently from, from HUNA, but we're gonna come back to it in that my understanding of the highest self is the highest self holds all of your lives that ever has been or could be or past lives, all like every soul mission you've come down to earth on, it's all in your highest self. So it's almost like this one life you're in is just like a sliver of consciousness compared to your highest self. Like your highest self is thousands of lives of consciousness and, and training and all the information you've gathered 
from those thousands of lives you're like and it's also connected directly to source so your highest self is so powerful so when we're talking about everything is mind we're talking about the conscious unconscious highest self and this is like one of the foundations of huna is getting in alignment with those three and bringing the highest self into the body for healing yeah because we understand too that your your body was created with a perfect genetic code when you were born so in your dna your body has the the idea and the concept of having a perfectly healthy body for you and the way we process experiences or develop habits or have things happen to us that we take the wrong way can have an effect on how we project some of those genes as we grow and as we become adults and deal with things and understanding that your body understands what health should look like for you it understands how to create and uncreate essentially the the ailments and the things that keep you from you know being who you want to be essentially these injuries that come up that stick around for a long time those things are affected by how you're thinking about things can you tell us a little bit more about how the brain can kind of like cultivate things that aren't serving us yeah it's so and this is what's so interesting is that the ancient hawaiians and neurolinguistic programming like they're in tandem it's it's it is they understood that from zero to eight like when you're a young child they understood the unconscious mind they understood that this is when all the programming is happening and so they were very very intentional about the children and how they grew up and how um you know how they brought those children into the world to be part of, of society right and they knew that these were the programs. And one of the things that I think that kind of goes back to this is, is, is we're going to talk about the Kapu system in a minute. We're going to build up to that and what that means. But in the Hawaiian culture, you know, if there was a conflict, if there was negative emotions, if you didn't feel like right with yourself, right with others, right with the planet, you took a time out. You went to your, like wherever, your home, you went to the beach, like you went up on the mountain, you took a time out for however long it took. It could be years, doesn't matter, until you were Pono again, until you were right with self, right with others, right with the planet. And so that was their that was their attitude. It's like, hey, just go do the healing and come back when you're ready. Like, so they didn't make a decision before they were Pono. They didn't make a new, you know, you wouldn't move into a new area. You wouldn't you know, in, in today's context, you wouldn't change careers. You wouldn't have a new relationship until you were Pono because they understood the next path you take, you're just going to take all that energy and all that repeating, limiting beliefs, emotions with you. So it doesn't matter what job you're in. doesn't matter what person you're living with. It doesn't matter. Those patterns are going to repeat until we do the healing, until we become Pono with it and we let it go and create our own path and create like the path we want to walk, not be determined by the patterns that are, you know, in our field. Yeah. So Pono to me is, is congruency. It's being like, like you said, whole and one with self and like earth and others. Can you tell me what Pono like means for you and how that feels specifically? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, 
I, before I answer that, I want to go back to the Kapu system because this is, I just want to take this one layer deeper in that they had a Kapu system in the lineage, which basically if you went to war, if you broke a law or if you did something that was like so horrible that like people wanted to kill you, right? There was these sanctuaries where you would go to these sanctuaries and you would basically, and, and, you would basically go to the sanctuary with a couple shamans, with the priests, was what they would call them, like the priests of, of uh, Huna. And you would stay there, and the shamans would work on you. You would be in a group. You would heal together until the shaman released you and said, you have done enough work that you are now Pono. You can go back to civilization. So it was kind of like a prison in a way, but it was so focused on healing. So, and you had to, you know, if people were out to kill you, they were probably going to kill you. But if you made it to the sanctuary, you were safe. Like that was the law. Like if you made it, you were safe and you could do the healing work. And so I think why isn't our society like that now? Right? Like that's such a beautiful idea to me of like, of really not going to prison or all these horrible things that happen when we make a mistake, but really focusing on how can we heal that and move forward. And to me, I want to answer your question of being Pono. Pono's like, oh, Pono is calm, centered, balanced, but it's it's not just like your mind or your body. It's really like your whole being, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, knows that you're on the path you're doing you're on purpose you're in alignment you are stepping into the light of your highest self like you're in complete congruency like you said you know highest self unconscious conscious mind and also spiritual mental emotional physical and so all of these are in alignment and we it's a feeling like you know when you're pono you know when you're on the path you know when you're on purpose and it's it just it's this like to me it's like all of your dna's like calm centered balance all of it your entire being that's fantastic i wanted to jump in real quick on your level two experience the one that you just got back from that was in hawaii right yeah, absolutely. And so level one, there's a mainland version that's five days. I did that just to save a little bit of money because uh, Huna's expensive. You know, it's like 3000 for the nine day course. And then, of course, all the travel and logistics and all that stuff. So it's so anyway, level two. Yes, my first time in Hawaii. And it's gosh. So it's I guess to go explain it a little bit more is that yes, Huna is a course you get certified in energy healing at level two. Um, but it's so different than the NLP trainings in that it's a school. It's like, it's like when you go to a martial art class and it's like, it's not so much like a class, it's more of a school, like you're together and we call it halal in, in Hawaiian. And so like, it's this community of souls that have come together. So there's one, there's that aspect of it, that there's this community of souls that have been doing this for thousands of years. Like that's the feeling. Like, it's just like this community feeling that you really can't find anywhere else in my mind that I've found. Um, so there's the community feel. Um, of course, 
we've got, you know, there's a couple Kumus or teachers like Dr. Matt and Dr. Patrick. And, um, you know, there's multiple other, other uh, schools. You know, there's a school in Japan. There's a school stateside. Like, so there's a couple Kumus that come every year for Huna. Um, and then we have Kumu Atua, which is the hula teacher, which he is like the master. He's the master of hula. In other words, he has devoted his entire life to hula dancing and teaching. And like his students in Hawaii, they start hula dancing at about age three. And they go every week and they go and they start performing. And like literally the dancers that we saw perform for us were, you know, mid twenties and they had been dancing since they were three years old. It's literally a life path of like hula is a whole piece of of huna that is so amazing and you dance hula every single day like kumo two is out there just drilling you like here's the dance steps and he's also teaching you that every single movement of your fingers of your wrists of your feet of the drum beats like there's literally an intention in a story like there's a every movement there's this story of this like cosmic flower unfolding on the you know, in the forest, but also inside your mind. And and so there's like the culture aspect to it that is so, uh, it's just, it's so powerful for me. It's, I really connect with it. Um, and I guess let's just go straight for the weird stuff. Let's just yes. go straight for the weird stuff. Cause yes. um, in level two, you get your Vaiku and, and I can't really speak too much about it. Um, but what I will say is that basically you go through this initiation ceremony and it's very similar to spirit guides, but the Kumus help you connect with these new spirit guides that are very, very powerful. And so there's, um, you get your Vaiku and, and this ceremony was, I just remember the ceremony getting set up, like my body, just my chest was hurting, like my neck, like my back. I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? And we're like, this energy is just getting so intense. Like I feel like my heart's going to come out of my chest. I'm going to come out of my body. Like it's just like this really intense energy. Like this vibration was so high. And we go through this ceremony of getting these symbols like put inside of our body, basically inside of our energy field. And we go through kind of a process of, of being connected to these, um, these Avaiku and they're all personal, right? So they're all personal. In other words, every person has a different one. It's very specific per person. And sometimes you have three to 12 different guides that come in. Um, and I just remember like how much I was very uncomfortable with like the physiology, like the physiology that was going on, but it was such a powerful experience of watching. Um, I guess what I will say is that I've been working with a lot of power animals and up to nine, you know, like bear and eagle and rattlesnake and yellow jacket and like all these animals have been showing up in these sessions, all nine of those integrated into one. And I got three of those. So it was like a huge upgrade on spirit guides, basically. And so during the ceremony, like we're, we're getting in touch with these spirit guides and, and bringing them in and meeting them and speaking to them. The teachers are like, oh yeah, I see it right there in your inner energy field. They'd explain exactly what you saw in your mind. You're like, holy shit, do these people see energy? Like for real, real, like for reals, they see your energy. And so, um, I think the craziest thing though, is that 
at the very end of the ceremony, like Dr. Matt's like, dude, I, I, I'm ready for this to be over. Like it's this energy is really, really intense. He's like, I'm getting tired. Like it's, everything's kind of finished here. He's kind of wrapping up. He's like, okay, let me um take the energy out of the room. And he just does this, you know, weird thing for like maybe 20 seconds and bam, all of that physiological shit I was going through gone. Like it was literally so much energy. My body could barely handle it. And that's why Huna is levels in one, two, three, four. If you went straight to four, it would fry your neurology, right? And so that's why we take a year or six months between levels because um, it can be a lot. It's a lot of energy. And, and, and like you said, I want to touch back to like I did say ceremony, but the Hawaiians understood that, yeah, there's plant medicine. That's beautiful. That's great. But we don't need it. We just do it with energy. It's easier. That's their attitude. So it's just a different way of entering into that space. Does that make sense? Yes. And I have some experience personally doing that with breathwork as a breathwork practitioner, because when you start to add substances, it's almost like um, your mind and body expects to receive something out of that, which is still true because you go into it with an intention and you do it kind of in a sacred way. But when you use the breath or when you use simply energy, then it's just you facing yourself and kind of incorporating the things that you can kind of entangle with and the things that you can kind of control and the understanding the things you can't control and what you can do with those. And I think just that realization of having that power and then finding what you can do with it and how you can use that to interact with other people can be like a life changing experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a couple other things I want to make sure we hit on here. And, and so in level two, you get the higher self therapy upgrade to work with other people. So you get to do the ho'oku'u is the technique with other people. You also get to do ho'oponopono, which uh, you get that at level two because there's a sometimes things show up on the stage. If you've done ho'oponopono, you know what I'm talking about. There's a stage involved. Sometimes on the stage, there's things, darkness kind of shows up. And so you learn how to do basic depossession is what we're going to call it. Like really, it's it's a very basic level of clearing out that kind of stuff. And so I, I think I really want to explain Ho'oku because in mental emotional release work, we're doing work at the mental and emotional level. And... What I've noticed through doing, you know, I've done some sessions. I have no idea what the number is now. It's a, maybe around 50 or a couple more or a little under, I don't know, somewhere around there. But what I've noticed before adding the energy stuff is that is that we would clear up the mental, emotional really well. And then there would be some lingering energy or spiritual things going on. And so now with the, there's the mental emotional release technique, but also on the same level, I would say, or maybe even stronger is the ho'oku'u, which is bringing in the highest self's energy to release the baggage, to release the beliefs, the emotion, whatever we're working on. And so now instead of mental emotional, we're working on spiritual mental emotional. And it just seems deeper, cleaner, and it's so much faster. It's like literally... Instead of one emotion taking 15 minutes of timeline work, it's like maybe two minutes, 
And it's like, whoa, this is so fast. Um, and I'm still like, my mind's still like, how is this even like, how is this so fast and easy? And it's so easy. Like, that's the thing I can't get over. It's like, my God, this is too easy. Um, but it works. It works. And I want to, I want to, I want to share something that my Kumu Patrick told us in class. He's and if you guys don't know who Scott Patrick is, he's, um, he's a mentor of mine. He's Kumu in school. And, um, but he explained, you know, he's, he's a clinical psychologist and he's got a whole clinic that he runs with thousands of patients a year. Like he's this very astute and well-educated, amazing man that has done so much for the Halal and so much for us as students. And he explained, you know, after doing 30 or 40 years, I can't remember how long he said of, of healing of psychological work, you know, he's a clinical doctor in psychology is that with all the therapy, all of the NLP, all of the mental emotional release, all the other techniques of hypnosis and all this stuff, like he's like, I've done it all. He's, I've done it all. And he said, the thing that works the best and every single time is Ho'oku, every single time. And when he said that, that's, I think that's when I understood that this is, this is so far beyond MER that I, I just, I don't even want to do MER anymore. Like, I'll just be straight up honest. Like, I, if clients want to do the timeline work and really focus on their conscious mind and all that stuff, it's kind of like, I'm going to take a deep breath and be like, okay, I will support you in that, but I'm going to be a little like, I'd rather do the energy because it's better. Mm-hmm. So you said the, the Ho'oku is guided kind of by the higher self. Can you explain to me why you think that works so much better? Yeah, and by no means I'm not an expert on this because there's multiple levels above me and I'm sure they can explain this so much better. But my understanding is that the highest self is connected to universal consciousness, to source, to God, creator, whatever we want to call that. Jesus Christ, who cares what it is? doesn't matter. It's connected directly to source energy. And with that connection, it understands everything inside the universe. And so it understands your problem and it also understands the solution. And so all it does is it, it, it sees the problem and it sees the solution and it just kind of flips the energy. It takes, to me, it almost feels like it's pulling the energy out of your body and then it's bringing down energy to install new ways of being, new ways of doing, new ways of having. And so it's a like super intelligent consciousness you're tapping into that's your source, not mine as a practitioner, not the church, not whatever you've associated with. And I think that's a big, like, I really want to be clear on that. It's not me. It's the client's highest self is tapping into this ultra intelligent consciousness. And basically, I mean, it's, it's like magic. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's, it's like when you see it, when you experience it, the energy is pulled out of your body, the energy, like divine light comes back in and installs new ways of being like, and it's so simple. I think that's the biggest thing too. It's just simple. The concept seems incredibly simple to just like accept the energy. And yet I see with maybe some clients that that might be their biggest effort is just not willing to accept the things that the, the world has to offer for them. And they have might be resistant to like new things that are going to get them into that place of like success and confidence and all these good things that they want because they're resisting 
and so comfortable in all of their old patterns. Do you happen to have an example um, of using this with a client and being really successful? Or do you have a story of someone that has? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's worked every time I've ever used it. And I mean, every time. So sometimes with MER, you'll get like 90% of the release. You'll be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe we'll try it again next week. This is works every single time, 100%. Like it really, it, it's such a different, um, the lessons are bigger, I feel like. And for me, well, maybe I'll just tell you my story because um, when we were in class, you know, I've done it on myself a whole bunch. Like I've experienced it, but not somebody doing it to me or with me, I guess. Um, and, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because there's some like really personal stuff with this, but basically, you know, we were trading and practicing on each other in class. Um, I was working on, I, I honestly, wow, I can't remember what I was working on anymore. Um, I really can't remember what it was. I just remember the image of like when I was going into the process, like there was this image of being burned at the stake in the past life. And it was like super intense. I could feel it throughout my whole body. It was like this really uncomfortable feeling of being lit on fire. And, um, and then the lesson came in that not every mistake, like that, that every mistake is made of light. In other words, I had to go through that in a past life to be here now to be in the light because I was burned at the stake for doing some crazy dark magic stuff. Like that was, that was what was like shown to me. And the lesson was that mistakes are, they're made out of light and that there's a lesson in mistakes and there's the learning is the prize, the treasure of every mistake. And as long as we can focus on the mistake as being light and as being, um, you know, cause we don't intentionally make mistakes. That's not a mistake. That's intending harm. Like a mistake is you're not conscious of what's like, you're not conscious of what you did wrong. It was a mistake. And so, every mistake was made a light. And so when this left my body, like I was like literally like, like not convulsing, that's not the right word, but I was shaking. And that happens sometimes with Ho'oku. And and the lessons came in and the installing new strategies. And what blew my mind is that we didn't really talk about this at all. And the, the practitioner, you know, asked me, Hey, do you, do you want to share your experience? And, um, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm curious what you saw. Like, what did, what did you see happen? He's like, well, well, I saw you being burned at the stake and you were some sort of leader of a dark coven. It's like, holy shit. He fucking saw it too. He saw it too. And that's when I knew like this stuff is so, it goes so much deeper than just like our body it's our dna it's our consciousness like we're healing consciousness it goes so much farther than just mental emotional release in my mind and there's mental emotional release is fantastic because you're upgrading the dna too it's just this goes a little bit deeper in my mind i am like blown away by the the magic of this and and not in like a bad sense but just like the power of energy that's just we don't recognize or tap into most of the day and a lot of us have to do it intentionally and make time to try and really gauge even our own energy let alone energies of other things or beings and i know that you are 
a person that is very energetically sensitive and can really be in tune with other people's energy and, and manipulate it in certain ways. Was that a benefit for you or did it make it pretty difficult going to Huna being really aware of all this energy? Well, what's so interesting is that I was trying to see energy <laughs> during Huna. And so it shut down a little bit, right? It's like, oh yeah, you can't try to see energy. That's not how it works. And so also our teachers really explain to us because they have students that come in like me that I'm saying on a sensitive scale, I'm probably like a seven out of 10. So there's people that are way more sensitive and they explained like, don't look at people's energy without permission. I was like, Oh shit. That makes sense because, and now like in something personally I'm working on is like really getting strong boundaries energetically and, and this is really, really, really helped me because and I'm going to tell a story here. This is, this is really profound for me during retreat in Mexico for like the week leading up to it. I was just having all of these dark thoughts. Like the thoughts were just like, it's just like, Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like I'm such a bad person kind of feeling like I can't believe I'm thinking these thoughts, like really hardcore, bad stuff. It's like, what is going on? And as soon as like the ceremony came and all the healing came, that stuff was gone. And then after this Huna level two, I really understood they taught me that that was like a boundary issue for me that I was tapping into unconsciously. Like all of the retreat, you know, participants, all of their mental, like their mental bodies, I was tapping into that. And so I could hear all the thoughts, all of them. And I thought they were mine, but that's the things that they, and I always be careful to say, like, really pay attention if I say it's not me. And I'm sure I have dark thoughts. Of course I do, but not like this. This was like overwhelming. And once I understood this and really started to create this mental boundary, it's like, dude, those dark thoughts are gone. And I understand that it's not my consciousness. It's I'm picking up on other people's. And that's what's so interesting is during these sessions, like I'm seeing what the client's going through in their mind. I, I see it. I see it all, all the images, all the movies. Like sometimes I got to do work after the session because I've got those movies playing. So it's really helped me to become such a more congruent and grounded practitioner that's that it's it's helping me be as safe as possible too i guess that's 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 the big takeaway from that that's so incredible i love i love when you come up with stories because it just helps paint pictures in my mind that really help me understand it so i appreciate the stories really and i wanted to kind of address something that may be coming up for some people that think this is like woo woo magic stuff if you were to try and explain this to someone who is a little skeptical, how would you kind of open them up? I would start with quantum mechanics and I would start with, you're probably not an ideal client and we got to do some work. We got to prepare you because if you're skeptical, like to energy and I, and I totally get it. We're talking about some like magic stuff and it's like, Level one, like when we walked in the door, they said, oh, you're not a muggle anymore. Welcome. <laughs> Straight up. That's what they said, right? So yes, it's fucking magic. You know what I mean? Like in a very 
predictable like elemental ancient context yes it's magic like that would be one way to describe it but to really open people up to this yes quantum mechanics explains everything every concept in huna has an overlay with quantum mechanics with ancient egyptian mythology or religion um with like ancient chinese or indian chakras or meridians like all of that stuff is very similar the native american plant medicine healing work like and i'm talking about the herbs the 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 nature the things that the native americans were tapping into like it's all the same so it's really just an indigenous look at healing um, mind body spirit and and i would say the foundation is quantum mechanics is and, and i let's let's take this into context so when we talk about nlp mental emotional release hypnosis the huna the huna perspective is that all of that stuff the nlp and hypnosis all the training you've gone to that's just the mental piece of this. That's, that's, it's literally just, and because at level four, you're required to go to master prac, right? Because it's the, the, it's just the mental piece. Now we're talking, we've expanded to the spiritual body. We've expanded to the emotional body and we could talk, yeah, we could argue mental, emotional in, in, in the, the mental, emotional release stuff, but really NLP is a sliver of Huna. I'm just trying to like comprehend all of that. It's just so much like really good foundational knowledge of just kind of understanding that we can change things with our minds and we can change habits and we can change actions because all of our thoughts are energy and understanding that all of your actions are energy. Everything is essentially made of energy and you learn as you grow how to start to manipulate it essentially and, and recreate and move it to your own benefit and when you get into this level of Huna where you can under like really truly understand these concepts and then be able to understand it at such a level where you can change it in yourself and change it in other people, that is where a real difference is made. Yeah. And I think something, you know, an NLP training and master prac, like, you know, we really, you know, we're taught the perception is projection. And now we take it to the next level. We take it to the spiritual level. We take it to the quantum mechanics level, right? And, and oh my God, we could talk about quantum mechanics for literally like 20 podcasts. Like it's, it's I don't want to go there because it's super, like there's so much shit there that we can talk about. And if you really want to go, I'm down. But what I took away from this, like, you know, Dr. Matt sat us down for two hours, 90 minutes. He had a whole lecture on this of just quantum mechanics perception is projection and and what he really explained and this is where i think taking like extreme ownership and we me and you both we hammer internal leadership almost every post every book everything that we put out there we you know at least the concepts of internal leadership lead yourself before you lead others now we're take that one step farther in other words that in a quantum mechanics level everything you see is actually just a reflection of yourself everything the trees the person the people the house we can almost start to lose reality at that point i totally get that it's a really hard concept to think about but what i want to talk about is the ownership of if things are showing up in your life like accidents like failing something like um you know something breaking down of you know being in debt these things are actually reflections of something inside 
And it's, it takes empowerment to ask yourself, what's this, what is this, um, an example of on the inside, on me, inside me. And it really, at the quantum mechanic level, it's really explained that when you release that, you release the thing in the external reality. You are literally changing reality by the work you do inside. And that is super like, oh, super Hogwartsy and magical. But dude, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times now since I got back from Huna. Like, oh shit, this is real. This is really, really real. And it's undeniable to me at this point that when we change things on the inside, not only are we... So I think the NLP perspective is that we're changing the filter of our reality. And I think that's probably 99% of it. We're also changing the holograms out there too. And that's, yeah, we're all holograms. We can talk about the holographic universe in that book. And I mean, if anybody's listening to this and is like, what the fuck, go read the holographic universe. And I'm telling you that book will explain everything I just talked about. And do a quick search on some quantum mechanics and, <laughs> yeah. and understanding that, because in our minds we create and understand things and the perception is projection basically everything you see and experience in the world is a is a mirror of what you are seeing and experiencing in your mind that nothing is really real it's all just your perception of it and then that kind of messes with your concept of reality and everything just gets really confusing (laughs) and i'm sure some of you are confused guess what we are too but we're trying our best to use what we can and kind of adapt to these concepts that we keep learning of, yes, I understand that the things that I see are the things that I have inside. If I keep having this emotional center in my body of gratitude and I keep looking around for the things that make me grateful, I was really grateful that the sun came out yesterday and I took time to go be out in it. If I have the emotional attitude of man, this weather's really cold and I'm just kind of in a shit situation. That's all I'm going to end up seeing is how bad the day is. But when you start looking for the things that are positive, they're going to start to show up for you. When you kind of perceive that things are better, you're going to start seeing that show up around you. And with that kind of positive aspect, I wanted to ask you how you are most looking forward to using some of this HUNA with your clients. What are you really excited about? Yeah, you know, I think there's, oh, well, there's, you know, in level one, you get the dream interpretation, you get the Kiave process, which is a spiritual parts integration. Um, and then you get the advanced element, elemental healing um, in level two. You actually learn how to do an energy session in person, so with, with the physical client. So I would say that that's probably the most um, you know, what I'm so excited about is that now, you know, I'm a level two Reiki equivalent is basically what that would be. And so I can put people on a table and work with their energy in person, but also I, I can see, I can see this happening in that using the Ho'oku, so doing some release work, doing Ho'oponopono followed up by an energy session. So maybe doing like a two hour block of just energy work and having such profound effects so quickly. And it's not a breakthrough session. It's not going to be. But having some different types of sessions like that uh, in person, I see this 
really helping so much with uh, post ceremony work and integration work of, you know, because to me, the ayahuasca, the psilocybin, it kind of blows apart your whole neurology and you got to put it back together. And all of a sudden there's, Oh, there's that belief that wasn't there before. And that too. And it's not that it's creating that stuff. It's uncovering. And what I've learned so far is that the intention in ceremony in plant medicine, you get exactly what you intend for, but you can't really intend for the kind of that, uh, the like, it's almost like there's more beliefs have to come out for you to get your intention. And so now you're aware of new baggage and you've got to work through that to really integrate properly. And so this work, I think combined with the plant medicine is just, it's the NLP, the plant medicine, the HUNA, like putting these together is just like, dude, we are on a, we are on a roll of healing that I just, I think the results are, are, are beyond our imagination. And with some of that knowledge too, it's like you, you bring up this thing in ceremony or in just like a regular realization walking down the street of, oh my gosh, I have this thing either that I want or that I don't want. And something then triggers something inside of you that wants to move toward or away from whatever that is. Once you have that knowledge, you then have that responsibility. And I think that's when a lot of people call us. And that's when we get a lot of clients where they have that momentum of now my desire to change is greater than my desire to stay the same. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of this really positive and incredibly powerful energy work can really make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in Huna, you get these symbols. Um, I'm not going to name them. I can't really share them if you're not really initiated, but basically, and it's like Reiki, there's symbols in Reiki, but these are more like you're connecting with a, a specific goddess or a deity, or it's really a specific energy. And so this is, this is also part of it. We're pulling in these energies for clearing for um releasing baggage for uh like stopping self-judgment and creating more empowerment like there's so many things that these symbols do and so you know for all the lunatics out there if you'll you'll see me in a session like if we're on zoom you'll probably see my hands doing these weird things it's like well i'm i'm in, i'm bringing in that energy um i'm bringing in and, you know i think that's one thing we haven't hit on yet is that the hawaiian language is so root it's such a root language that the each word creates energy it's not like flat like english but if you'd ever notice like latin or like ancient languages like tibetan or sanskrit like they they make you feel a certain way like it's this like when you hear tibetan monks chanting like damn you feel it same thing with with, with whole, like hawaiian culture with chanting with the Hawaiian words are so powerful. It's like the vibration of them actually changes your internal energy. Yeah. Yeah. Which we might as well, before we end today, I'll probably do some chanting just to, just to like, I, I do want people to experience the chanting because, and I'm not sure how it'll show up on the mic. We'll just have to see in the editing, but yeah. I, I would love that. Do that. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I wanted to touch on one more thing just before we kind of close out and wrap up is we had mentioned the Kiave process earlier and I wanted to make sure that we explained that. Oh, I love the Kiave so much. You've done it in group, right? And mm -hmm, I have. Times. 
So classic NLP parts integration, you'll notice when people, you'll, you'll see this now once I talk about it, you'll see people doing this. One, like they'll, they'll bring one hand out and be like, yeah, I really, I really want to be a hot shot. And then with almost within the same sentence, they're going to bring out the other hand and be like, but I really love my family. Like, I don't know what to do. And so now they're like, well, I want to be a hot shot, but I love my family. Like I, and now they're almost like, they're like, they're in this internal conflict. They don't know which one to pick. They're kind of like rattled. What's happening is neurologically, there's two parts that are, it's like two intentions that want the same thing, but they're like going a different way. And so it creates this friction. It creates these parts is what we would call it in psychology. The Chiave process looks at this totally differently in that like basically the parts integration, we're gonna take two parts. We're gonna take two parts and integrate them into a third idea. And that third idea is the new idea. We're gonna carry that forward. And that's totally I, I love the parts integration. It works really well. It's a beautiful process. It's really kind of interesting how fast you go into trance with that technique. I mean, it is like you're kind of tripping almost immediately. Um, the Chiave process, um, it's almost, this is where we get into like the quantum mechanics and the creation of the universe and how exact it is to all the stuff that science is talking about. And so basically I want the people listening, I want you to think of a triangle and at the very tip of the triangle is a circle, like a big circle is intersecting, like the edge of the triangle and the edge of the circle intersecting. And then from the top of the triangle, this might be hard to visualize, but it, it's it's easy if you really focus. Just imagine from the top of the triangle, there's a line going to the center of the circle. And at the very center of the circle is a dot. And so that dot is Chiave. This is spirit element. So we have fire, we have earth, we have wind, we have water. We also have Chiave or spirit element. You know, the, in, the you know Asian Indian culture calls it ether, right? Same thing. So in this creation story, basically spirit was, there was, there was nothing but spirit. Spirit got really fucking bored and called out basically. And this vibration came out to the universe and it came down through this line. And, and uh, the circle represents nothingness or the void. A lot of people access through K holes. You'll hear people talk about that. I went to this nothingness, this darkness, but in the center from Kiave, this creation energy comes down through this one string down into the triangle. And as soon as it leaves the triangle and comes down basically into creation, it's creating this triangle of manifestation. And each bottom of the triangle is a dichotomy. We can think of it as hot, cold, yin and yang, um, left, right, mask, no mask, whatever it is. It could be anything. It's a dichotomy. And this creates movement. This is how the universe is moving, how it's like interacting. This is how we have consciousness. This is why we have earth is because of this movement of dichotomies. Well, if we go back to one side of the triangle is I want to be a hot shot. The other side is I love my family. When we do the Kiave process, we actually go through a journey. We go uh, out of our bodies in a shamanic journey to the very edge of the universe. And we call this dichotomy into our body with some breath work. And then we take that, those dichotomies and the ideas of it into the void. And we go into the void to the very center into Kiave and we completely dissolve. We dissolve, the client dissolves, the dichotomy dissolves. There's just nothing but Kiave and the Kiave is you. 
And then we ask spirit to create a new dichotomy. And we take that dichotomy with us down into creation, into the triangle, and we breathe a new manifestation with some more breath work. And then we come down back into our bodies with a new dichotomy. And so what's happening is, yes, we have the third idea and we have both sides too. So now we're harmonizing. So yes, we want to be a hot shot and I love my family. And what's the, what's the, what's the thing that unifies all of this together? It's love. This is generally like, that's a very general kind of simplistic parts integration. But so we're, we're bringing like, we're bringing harmony to these two parts. And instead of integrating them into a new idea, like in a parts integrations, I feel like we're accepting and surrendering and working with all three. That's, that's just my personal take on it. So what, if you do that experience, uh, like we have in the past, what does that then allow the client to do? How does that open up opportunities? So when the conflict is over, there's no more conflict. You'll notice that your thinking is, I want to be a hotshot and I love my family. How are we going to make this work in a good way? Right? And so that conflict is over. And now instead of battling left or right or up and down or yin and yang, there's congruency and the intention that kind of unifies like the union of opposites. This is a, um, a Huna, Huna law. This union of opposites allows the client to go forward with the love or the, the, the idea that unifies the two without conflict. So there's the internal conflict's gone. And so there's much more to me when there's a parts integration, this is how it shows up for me is, um, you know, you'll say something in your mind and then automatically there's a, oh no, no, you didn't. Oh no, you don't deserve that, right? So that conflict, that battling thoughts is completely gone. And then that's your, the rest of your problems though, right? It's just that automatic problem solver. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting how, you know, sometimes there's four or five parts in a breakthrough session. Sometimes there's none. Sometimes there's one. And it's really interesting. I mean, the parts, I mean, gosh, they show up in such different ways for people. I can't even give give a really solid, like, I can't remember um, one off the top of my head, but it's interesting. The parts integration or the Kiave process, those things really create a harmony inside your body and your mind, especially because it, it's almost, like the first time I did a parts integration, is almost like you could hear a pin drop. Like, it's so quiet in here. What the fuck? Right. And it's just kind of the, the person really going that far deep into their own neurology, into their own thoughts, into their own experiences and, and projections of reality and understanding that the, both of those parts are, are you. Both of those parts have have good intentions and have good points and want to like push you farther and get you to what you want and understanding that they both have the same purpose, that everything is working once you've kind of mastered that energy, everything's working for you. And once you, it's a concept that I call it's pro noia instead of paranoia. Paranoia is fear of everything, but pro noia is essentially just everything working out for you in some way. It kind of ties into that there's no such thing as failure, there's only feedback. Is that the world is trying to give you opportunities and you just have to learn how to utilize them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think before we wrap up, I really want to make sure we talk about something because we've, we've definitely been questioning reality. We've definitely been talking pretty deep about how reality works and, 
And, and I think one of the, well, I'm going to preframe it this way. One of the tenets of Hona, like one of the main things that we, that they teach us is that not all wisdom is in our school. You need to go out there and experience another school because, well, they probably know something else we don't know. And so that's a really big thing of like, Huna has amazing things, but it doesn't have everything, right? And I think it probably has everything, but I'm going to go learn from other people too. And one of the things that I've learned from other shamanic workers, from my own experience, from client work, is that I think there's this fine line sometimes between madness and enlightenment. And we have to be really careful when we start questioning reality like this because some people literally can't handle this conversation that we're having. Some people can. And I just want to be really upfront. Like there's people that should not even be listening to this podcast. There should be people that probably are not a good fit for us as practitioners, especially in the ceremonial space, right? And everybody, you hear everybody that talks about plant medicine, that they say that, well, this isn't for everybody. And they're right. This, these techniques, the Huna stuff, the mental emotion release, it's not for everybody. If, if you get disassociated easily, it's not for you because you are changing your reality, right? And you gotta be pretty grounded for that. You gotta be ready for that. And I think that's, um, it's just so important, isn't it? Absolutely. And understanding too, that even at the most basic level, even at a practitioner level, I, as a practitioner, do not want to pick up a client that isn't ready for change. The things that we do, the changes that somebody wants to make will change your life. And it's not just like, I want to change this one little thing. That one little thing will have an impact on everything else. I promise. I don't care at what level it is. But if you aren't ready to kind of like work with that and be accepting of whatever shows up once you have made that change, I as a practitioner don't really want to work with you because it's just going to be like us digging around in this same hole that's just going to keep you where you're at. The intention is to have you grow. And that's a lot of the the intentions that we have as practitioners to help you do the work that you want and need to do. And that's really enlightening for us. That's our whole purpose. And just understanding that in ourselves as well, as we grow as practitioners, as we learn more modalities and get deeper into energy or breath work or whatever it is, understanding that one, that has a big effect on us. And two, the effect that it can have with our clients and, and understanding how you guys can um, like just grow as people by learning and doing and listening to podcasts and engaging with a coach and just bettering yourselves through experiences do something new yeah and and something i i do want to just add a little bit to this about i do want to share a story that uh our shaman our shaman told me um he explained that he was he was um drinking a new source of medicine right a, a different medicine they hadn't worked with and he had to of course um experience the medicine before giving it and um, the person he was with gave him a glass, like a beer glass of ayahuasca, a beer glass. We were talking about, generally you drink a tiny little medicine shot. I mean, you're talking like not even close to an ounce is like a lot. We we're talking about probably six ounces, right? And he drank it and he said he found himself in a space of just pure light 
and and before that he he was explaining like look i i just kept asking god like show me show me i want to know i want to know what it's like to be god show me what it's like to be god show me what it's like to be god and he found himself in this space of just pure light and he said that i was he, he said he was just like this one filament of light in this like infinite source of light and he said that it was so overwhelming he felt like his body was going to blow apart and that he was crying like please god stop like i don't want to know what god is anymore this is too much it's too much and too much and he finally blacked out and he came back the next you know a couple hours later and just he said that that was um that's one of the lessons and i'm sharing this lesson because i think it's really important we talk about this is that is is that to know everything it's impossible for human consciousness to actually like harness that and to feel it and to know it and to be on neurology it's just it's too much light and when you know when he explained that to me i really felt like i really felt humbled i guess is the right word or it it just made me realize that yeah we have all these techniques and we have all these things and it's so powerful and amazing. It's just a sliver of God. It's just a sliver of infinite source, love, and healing. And this highest self therapy is tapping into all of that, all of it, you know, and finding the solution and fixing the problem for you and bringing that down. And I think that's like, that's what's so humbling about these techniques is that we are tapping into that source in such a powerful way, in a way that's safe. Absolutely. And just knowing that us or clients or whoever human it is that working through all of these things and, and learning and, and going on this like personal growth journey of always trying to become better and achieve new things is it doesn't usually end. There's always going to be a point of you're going to learn something new and want to dive down a new knowledge rabbit hole or you're going to learn a new technique or a new way to kind of deal with things and want to just keep using it. And then something else will start to show up and then you'll have an opportunity to then utilize that. And I think that's really incredible. Yeah. So powerful because I think, um, uh, yeah, just, just like you said, the growing never stops. And I think I want to be really honest on how much me and you support each other of like, Dude, sometimes I'm like, and I'm on the floor, dude. I I need I need your help. Do some MER on me or something. To help me. And you come to me too. And I think that's such a like this is this is why I love our team so much, is because it's like, yeah, we'll have a business meeting for an hour and then the last hour is like, well, let's integrate something or let's do a Kiave or let's do some work. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in, in coaching with us at all, that's part of the the perks you get is that we have been on this journey and we will continue to be on this journey and just kind of understanding that we've been where you want to be at some point and we're not that many steps far ahead of you on the same path. We're all trying to figure life out in the best way that we can, but we we have been there and that's why we can relate to you guys. We don't know your problems, but we can do a pretty fair job of helping you guys out because we have our own help we have our own coaches we have our own teachers and yeah i just wanted to jump in and make sure that um you didn't want to mention anything else about huna i wanted to make sure that you is there anything i didn't ask you about huna that you'd like to work with you know no other than that i really do want to close with a chant but i do i do have one 
One thing I want to talk about here, and, and I'm going to leave the client's name out of it. Um, it's so amazing because um, I would say, was it six months ago now? I had a therapist come to me. A therapist came to me for a breakthrough session. And, and for me, I've got a little bit of baggage around school and not having enough certifications. Like I've done a lot of work on that, but it's still, it comes out once in a while. And when she came to me, I was just like, wow, this is really empowering. Like a therapist, like she's she's got a degree. I'm like a firefighter guy that's got this weird Huna shit and MER, you know? And when we did a session, and it was a pretty intense session. I mean, there was some like trauma. There was like pretty deep stuff. And, and she came to me and she said, well, my therapy's not working on anybody. And I want to learn more. Like, oh, okay. Well, you know, we did the breakthrough session and all of her stuff is cleared up. All of her stuff. She's made huge progress in her life. And part of her homework was to go to NLP training. And she's totally signed up. And now she's signed up for Huna Level 1. And I just like, my God, dude, that just felt so, such a completion energy for me to have somebody come to me with a degree in psychology and say, I want your help. I don't understand psychology. That's basically what, I mean, she didn't say that, but that's like, if we look at the big overview, that's kind of, right? That's such an incredible story. And I just, I want to follow up with understanding that you can have all this different kind of knowledge and you can find a bunch of ways that things don't work as well. You know, that's how the light bulb got invented is I have found a whole bunch of ways that things that don't work and a lot of coaching and a lot of just experience through life involves you just understanding and experiencing things and getting that feedback and trying to figure out what to do with that feedback. It may have looked like something didn't succeed, but you also found out a way that it doesn't work, which is fantastic. And just learning how to find things that do work through the process and to enjoy the process overall, to enjoy moving through the experiences with the gratitude and the opportunity that you get to. Yeah. Oh, it's just, thank you, Anne, for this interview. It's really helped me to integrate, to share some stuff that I really need to get off my chest. And, and I think here's something I'm going to get really personal here is that part of, part of the things that really destroyed me in fire is that I could never express myself properly. I could never, I felt like I could never go to the firefighter next to me. Like, dude, do you see that energy? Do you, do you hear that voice from the trees? Do you, do you, do you tap into the mycelium and talk to the forest and know what the fire is going to do tomorrow? I could never explain like what I was going through or all the weird shaman energy shit that's happened my entire life. And so for me to really open up about this, like it's really, it really is healing for me to like tell the world on the podcast, like I'm a fucking weirdo in a lot of ways, as far as like energy stuff, it's like, dude, I go through a lot, almost every night, almost every night I'm going through some sort of journey, DMT land. And it's just a natural gift that I have. And I'm so blessed and so thankful for it. And it's been a long ride to harmonize that. Cause it was, it fucked me up for a long time. And I think honestly, it's like I've harmonized psychosis into a very, professional like energy coherent way that's very helpful to others and I think like to me that's like I was going down that road when I first had my 
Kundalini experience for sure. And now it's harmonized. It's a gift. And so I just wanted to share that. I wanted to thank you for, for showing up exactly who you are and being vulnerable and open enough to, to share these really empowering stories and just to kind of show people that it's totally okay to be whoever you are and just show up with it. Maybe it doesn't quite fit in the area that you're at right now and finding a way that it does fit because that's exactly who you are and who you want to show up as. And that's awesome. Ah, so beautiful. So I, I do want to end with a couple of chants just so people can feel the energy. And, and like I said, I don't know how this will be with the mic and recording, but we'll just go with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first, the first chant I'm going to do is, um, for the highest self. And I'm going to explain in English what I'm saying before we do the chant. Basically I'm saying highest self, highest self, Highest self, if you're in the darkness, highest self, if you're in the light, highest self, if you're at the end of the heavens, highest self, if you're at the lowest below, hurry, come to me, hurry, come to me, bring me that supreme vision, bring me the energy, bring me the life everlasting. I'm offering this baggage or this, I'm sacrificing this fear or negative emotion, like this baggage I'm sacrificing. I offer this sacrifice. And I'm asking for you to rain your blessings that cleanse me. So Al Makua, Al Makua, not Al Makua Mekapo, not Al Makua Mekao. Na al makua me kap hau luna, na al makua me kap hau lalo, hele mai, hele mai, ho mai ka mana, ka i ke ke olonu, a mama ua, nu. So I don't know about you, Anne, but I can really feel like this rain coming down on my body and energy. Like our highest self is here. Really powerful, really powerful chant. Um, I do want to chant one more. And and what I'm saying here is that basically God is in the forest, God is in the mountains, God is all around us. And the moments you see God, there's a sacred sign, like a rainbow in the mist or like a butterfly or something like that. There's, there's a, a sacred sign. And we're asking Source to bring up a protection. And not so much like a protection as in to shield, but more like the energy we want that supports us, that heals us. That energy is here with us now. And anything that's not supporting, anything that's not that is out there and it doesn't belong here. Okay. So in that context of protection, and, and we're also asking, we're requesting creator. Like we want to be free, free of our baggage. And we're asking for blessings to rain on us in, in this rain, this, this mystical mist that you've experienced. No, 
na keakua ika na heli heli ia lai e keki ohu ohu ika ua koko o na kino malu ika lani malu e ho e e ho ulu mai na o kane ikona kahu o bako o mako ua ike Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that experience. I feel very open to new, like the feeling of energy is just like, it's so hard to explain, but it's like, I feel very open to a whole bunch of things that I have been hesitant to just in the recent past. And just like very, the word that keeps coming up for me is clean. It's just like, it's, it's just very clear. Mm, That's that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, like you can feel those Hawaiian words, right? Like it, yeah. you feel them, and it's it's um it's such a blessing to be part of the halau and to be part of the community. And it just um every time I think about the halau and this lineage that we're bringing into Mountain Mind Tricks, it just it makes me want to cry because it's so 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 powerful and so pono. Like it really to be a part of the halau is like. You have to do everything in your power to be Pono. You have to do everything in your power to be Pono. And so it really makes you show up. And I think that's, um, it really keeps me accountable. It keeps, I don't know, it's just, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Thomas, I wanted to thank you for showing up exactly who you are and for doing the work to bring change to yourself and change to your clients and change to the people that you meet in your life. I appreciate you and in your journey. So thank you. Thank you, Anne. Much love to you all listening and yeah. So the last couple of years I had to quit coffee because coffee was like this liquid shot of anxiety for me. Like my heart would race. I could focus intently, but only for a couple hours and I would crash super hard. And my sleep was so off. I mean, I would be wandering the universe until, I don't know, three in the morning before I finally got to sleep. And then I had to get back out at six or seven in the morning. And I was groggy. I was tired. It just wasn't working for me. It's not that I was mad at coffee. I was just really disappointed. And so I ended up quitting coffee. And I've been searching for an alternative for a long time. And that's when I came across mud water. Mudwater is this amazing, amazing tea. It's got masala chai in it. It's got cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan sea salt. And what's so amazing is that you feel the same energy, that same burst that you get from coffee, but it sustains all day. There's no crash. There's no headache, there's no dehydration. It's just this beautiful experience. And so yeah, I'm gonna say it, fuck your coffee. You gotta switch over to mud water because mud water will change your life. There's immune boosting properties, helps you focus with the lion's mane. There's one seventh of the caffeine compared to coffee. And so there's no jitters, there's no anxiety. It's just this beautiful experience with beautiful plants. So fuck your coffee. 
So if you want to try out Mudwater, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater or go to the shop and click on the button. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater. So one of my favorite things about the Mudwater company is that they donate a percentage of their profits to the MAPS Institute. It's an organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics. So the you know, MDMA psychedelic assisted therapy phase three trials, this is MAPS. And that's so important because there's been some amazing breakthroughs in the research with veterans and PTSD and depression and all sorts of amazing things that they're doing. It's so important to support this company. I want to guide you through natural wellness and holistic medicine, which means using products like essential oils, essential vibes, glutathione mouthwashes, or even reading books. There's so many products out there that can help us, supplements, essential oils. There's so many things about the doTERRA lines of essential oils that I use every day, like lemon to detox my body and help me hydrate, like on guard to give me that extra edge in my immune system with the pandemic going, uh, balance to keep me grounded and moving forward in my life. I use the oils every single day, morning, afternoon, night. One of the biggest things they help me with is sleep. I sleep so well because I'm you know, I'll lay on the lavender, I'll lay on the balance, I'll feel so grounded and sleepy and it's lights out. And I know the wildland fire community just struggles so much with sleep, and really the lack of it, right? On top of that, there's books. There's, I've written three major books for the wildland fire community and, and I want you to try them out, give them a read, get the ebook, get the paperback, whatever suits you. But there's Overcome Anxiety Like a Hero, really teaches you how to get into a flow state. Awakened by Heart Fire is really the spiritual aspects of wildland fire and the heart fire anthology the guided meditations the heart fire method will completely change your life and of course six minutes for excellence that is a guidebook for wildland firefighter excellence peak performance mindset all those things so go to mountainmindtricks.com check out the store check out essential oils essential vibes uh, go to the publishing tab check out the books Natural wellness is all about taking one step today that makes us 1% better. 1% better today, 1% better tomorrow, and 1% better the next day and the next day. One little habit adds up to moving an entire mountain with our health. That's what I want to guide you through. The essential oils, essential vibes, books, supplements, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So just go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the shop and go to Essential Oils, Essential Vibes, or go to the publishing tab and, and check out the books we've got.